Yes, we are making sound today. We are gonna transmit our sound out from our mouth into the computer that later will transmit the sound out to you people listening. And that's how you listen to music. Now also, I guess, most of you people don't even fucking download anymore. You just push a button, listen to some artists out there for free. And even this planet that is circling around here in the universe make a sound. Make a sound? Like what? I heard some people say this is like, oom, come from. That's the sound of the universe, oom. But I think like now it's the time for us to all together say, doom, like doom. And that's the sound of the planet turning around uh, for our destiny to be fulfilled. And music has been a part of, of coloring our lives, every one of us, I guess. Has music been important for you, Leona? I don't think I would be alive if it wasn't for music. No, but then the music industry kind of took over everything and made everything really difficult to, to kind of just use or just... I can understand using for commercial reasons and stuff. We live in a society, we need to eat bread or we need to eat something and hopefully not meat. And then we kind of uh, need money. And sometimes it's good to share the profit out of a creative work. And the creative commons have become like a part of uh, that way of for artists to spread things and be able to be creative and get something back from it when it's used commercially. And we as a bipolar circle uh, was looking for a great artist that wanted to present uh, an intro for our show. And we were able to get Monk Turner, uh, a very interesting experimental artist living in America, the great, the, 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 that America, the up from where we're living, upwards, a little bit over the border where you have to dig yourself under if you come from here. Or, you, I don't know, is the wall there yet? Did Trump manage to build that wall? I don't know. I think it blowed down in one of the hurricanes that came because of global warming. Oh yeah, so global warming makes it now easier or for us to focus on listening to the last music we can maybe hear before our planet kind of falls down in in total Armageddon. But still we have the music. To, that's what music was for. It was to make us kind of feel more connected to each other. And we, 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 we wanted to have a theme song, no? Yes, when we uh, were here in the corona quarantine, we decided to start this podcast. And as we didn't want to have any fucking problems with the music industry, we were searching the internet for music that was for free that we could use on our podcast. Yeah, so uh, we found this really beautiful artist, Monk Turner, and his song, the birthday song, that is the theme song for the birthday uh, show that we are presenting for you now and you will hear some other songs from monk turner for this show that we got our very special music maker friend 
uh, we had some technical problems in the beginning of the show. Uh, the light went off and uh, a lot of our equipments just got restarted. The internet connection was extremely difficult in this interview. So uh, we sent the, the sound tape to our uh, team of uh, sound engineers that worked on the tape for hours and days and weeks, actually, uh, for making this uh, uh, sound that comes out now. So uh, don't be alarmed about sometimes a little bit weird sound. Uh, this, the music uh, that comes in between will be in top quality. And if you want to go and hear this music or even uh, get it for free, you can visit the links of Monk Turner that is under our podcast uh, to check out uh, some of uh, the music that you can also download for free. Please, uh, if you listen to Bipolar Circle and the birthday show a lot or you just listen today and you feel like you want to inspire us and give us a little bit to eat because we're pretty hungry and it takes time to make uh, this uh, podcast even if it sounds pretty random. So uh, please, if you like what you're uh, listening to and want to continue to hear Leon and Tommy doing the birthday show and Bipolar Circle, please inspire us by visit our uh, collection uh, websites where you can give us uh, a small amount of money uh, for a coffee or something to eat. Uh, if you uh, become part of our Patreon page, you will also get uh, more interviews, more free stuff and also talk to us live when we make exciting game shows or even maybe, maybe something erotic. So please, uh, yeah, support us with some coins or become a Patreon supporter. Check out the links in the description of uh, our uh, podcast. A real independent artist uh, surviving on music online in the world of digital sound waves. So... Welcome. Welcome, Monk Turner. And uh, this is your birthday. Happy birthday, Monk Turner, and all free music and free art and expressions in the world. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. Hello. Hello. So are we live now or are we going to record and, and we uh, we do it uh, actually we uh, we record and then we put it out later. Yeah, it's not live and it's not with picture. So you don't have to think about how I to can look pick like. my nose. Yeah, yeah you can pick perfect. your nose. You can <laughs> take your clothes off. You can do whatever. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Hello and welcome to uh, our little birthday show for you, Monk Turner, our great uh, friend and artist that made the birthday song is that we are using for our Bipolar Circle podcast that you now are listening to. Can you please present yourself for our listeners? Um, well, I'd like to first present myself by saying I'm probably going to be the most boring guest you've ever had on. Um, you know, you've... you've 
you have the guy from Church of Satan. Like, how am I supposed to top that? It's so cool. Um, well, you're the guy. You're the guy behind the birthday song. I am. I am. Although I can only take half the credit. I uh, I wrote the song with a collaborator named Alana Ramage, um, who goes by the name Fasanoma. And uh, yeah, I guess it was about oh, let's say seven years ago or so. We uh, the birthday song "Happy Birthday to You" used to not be in the public domain. Meaning, if you wanted to uh, use uh, "Happy Birthday to You" on your show, you had to pay for it. Um, and there was some controversy, especially in regards to who actually created the melody. Um, I believe it was some sisters or school teachers or kindergarten teachers back in the day. And uh, it actually started off as Good Morning to You, which they would sing to their students. And, um, and at some point, uh, Warner uh, picked up the rights to it and decided that it would uh, be something they own and they would charge for. So um, something, I don't, I don't know how it is in, in Mexico, but here in the United States. Um, you would uh, go to a restaurant, it would be somebody's birthday, and they would not sing the birthday song. They would have some version of their own that they would sing um, because um, they didn't want to have to pay for it. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't know that. You know, if you went to a restaurant it was your birthday, they would be sure not to sing happy birthday to you because they didn't want to pay royalties. Yeah, how, how, how would they find out if you sang happy birthday? It could just be in the children's party or anywhere or? Do they have like spies, like cameras sitting up everywhere? They're like, happy birthday, censor? Okay, royalty fees, please. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, actually, sort of. Um, essentially, if you're going to play music in your establishment, you need to have a license to do so. Right. So if you don't have that license, then, uh, then that's a problem. Right. And um, so, yeah, songwriting societies definitely would have a, a cut of that. But again, what's weird is the original people who wrote this song way back in the day, you know, they weren't alive anymore. Why did Warner have this song? Why were they breaking in all these royalties? So essentially, WFMU, which is a radio station in New York City, actually Jersey City, excuse me, but right next to New York City. And the Free Music Archive came up with a contest to say, hey, this song should be in the public domain, and it is not. So we're going to create our own birthday song. And they basically put it out there to anyone to say, hey, write a new birthday song. But if you write it, it has to be public domain, free for anybody to use, do whatever they want with it. Um, and so Alana and I had just finished an album um, I guess about two years prior, maybe three years prior, called Emergency Songs. No, we were just listening through that album and this was one of the favorite. Oh, wow. Well, thank you and thank you for listening. Yeah, she, uh, Alana's an amazing talent. She has a new album coming out December 12th. Um, so check it out. It's called Hey Now, Chair Me Out. And I've heard it's really good. Uh, but yeah, me and her, are, I, I like to say, a very, we have a very special musical connection. Um, we're very different people, but for some reason we just create things and it's, uh, it works out. And so, and so it was with this song that we just wrote in my uh, apartment one day. I had just gotten a new computer. I didn't know how to work it. And we just send it in and gosh darn it, it won the contest uh, to our surprise. And then it blew up, <laughs> which was not anything we were expecting whatsoever. Yeah, you mean so, it got um, used for the, for the bipolar circle? 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, once you get there, you're 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 at the top. I mean, the birthday show, it's 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 a dream to be on the birthday show. I mean, this isn't this is what every musician aspires to, right? Yeah, yeah. I, it's uh, we get to hear this very often, so but uh, you are also very big uh, we are big fan of you. You are kind of our hero making this uh, birthday song. You basically inspired us a lot. You inspired us. We were looking for something a little bit ironic actually. And uh, we found uh, this song and we actually had in Berlin before uh, this problem with this ourselves. And we actually made uh, instead of happy birthday, the hippie hater day. That was a special celebration day, especially made because of this uh, copyright of the birthday song. So we changed the whole day to the hippie hater day. But then later we have uh, experienced kind of like existential trauma here in the mountains of Mexico. I was thinking about that. We can actually blame our birthday for that. That's when uh, it all started. It is the 23rd of December. It's the date when this birthday show came out. The earth is on fire, the ice are melting, but who gives a shit? Every day, 385,000 babies getting born. Who gives a shit about ecological disaster, animals or plants getting extinct? Who gives a shit? With so many babies getting born, it's so many birthdays. Maybe too many birthdays each day. So we looked for something that could kind of color our feeling with with our birthday. And we feel like the, the, the song has a little bit of like ironic touch to it or something. Yeah, Alana's voice, I, I, I love her voice so much. It, it just has um, a certain emotion. She can just get to certain emotions so well. Um, and it's so easy for her to access. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I, I love that. I love that story. And, you know, I, I will say you're not the first that have shared this with me. And that's what's kind of been cool about this. So, you know, there's two sides of it. You know, I've got a lot of other music that's like longer than 30 seconds or one minute or however long it is that I've put a lot of artistic work into. The other side of it is like it's just its own little thing that was creative, created and has given a lot of people joy and has made um, its way in, around the world in so many different ways, you know. I, I like to share recently, um, a couple months ago, I joined TikTok. And already there were just so many TikTok videos with the birthday song and I hadn't even made it there yet. It was like, wow, and these people are just singing the words. And, you know, again, it's just something we just created one day, you know, out of our heads. Yeah, so many people are promoting uh, the bipolar circle all over the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and, and who knew it was all about this show, ultimately, you know, it had nothing to do with the song, it was about the show. Um. So, on the 23rd of December in 2013, Mikhail Timifeyevich Kalashnikov died. Kalashnikov, Leona. He's called Kalashnikov. He was mostly famous for his AK-47 assault rifle and so many other old people. Mia soon knew that his life was over. So Mia wrote a letter to the Russian Orthodox Church. In the letter he stated that he was suffering from spiritual pain about whatever he was responsible for the death caused by the weapon he created. I keep having the same unsolved question. If my rifle claimed people's life, 
Then can it be that I, a Christian and an Orthodox believer, was to blame for their death? As the world is overpopulating, the animals are getting extinct. Maybe we say happy birthday to the dead ones. Happy birthday, Miha. Happy birthday. So anyway, yeah, I mean, it's taken on a life of its own. Um, it, it just continues to amaze me. I mean, even hearing from yourselves, I was honored to get your email and, and just read like it had an impact on you. And it's, you know, I think that's one of the really cool things about making music. You you make this stuff out of thin air. I mean. Yeah, yeah but especially when you are, that's what we want to talk a little bit about, the music industry and how it is to put free things out there on the internet. Do you do that a lot? Is all most of your stuff for free that you can use under Creative Commons license? And how long have you been doing this? That's a great question. Um, I have, uh, I actually, uh, funny enough, um, next year will be my 20th anniversary as a Creative Commons solo artist. I Happy am birthday. an old Happy birthday! <laughs> right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I started doing this back in 2001. I attended a conference called South by Southwest Music Festival and stumbled into a panel about, um, I don't even remember what it was about anymore, but there was somebody from archive.org that was there, and there was somebody from Creative Commons there. And at the time, this is 2001, the only way you could really get your music out there was to make a CD, <laughs> you know? MP3s were kind of around and, you know, I wasn't really sure how that would work in distributing it and, you know, also kind of protecting the rights that I wanted to protect, especially so, you know, Coca-Cola couldn't use it, what have you. Um, and so I was, yeah, I was at the right place at the right time and, um, I, I had just started writing, I'd been in bands for a while and I wanted to just do solo music and I uh, showed up to this panel and walked out going, oh, that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to put music on archive.org with Creative Commons licenses and nothing has changed since that time. Um, so yeah, 20 years. And this is uh, the birthday song is the one that has gone most out or have you had experience with other things you made that has uh, also been used for creative projects worldwide? That's a great question. And I, I will say the birthday song is the only song that I have that is in public domain. So everything else is, um, it's been a while since I thought about the licenses, but no derivative attribution, non-commercial license on Creative Commons. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's always been what I've liked about Creative Commons is it breathes new life into artistic creations that might not have otherwise happened. Um, and so, you know, another one that um, is very relevant to the conversation that we're having here is after Emergency Songs was released, and for your listeners, Emergency Songs is an album essentially about a massive earthquake. And um, I live in Los Angeles. And we are due for a massive earthquake, overdue. Um, I mean, you're in Oaxaca. So, so exciting. Plenty about earthquakes. <laughs> uh, yeah, essentially it's before, during, and after an earthquake. That's the whole album premise. And so we released it and uh, we were real proud of ourselves. And then I think it was about a week or two later, um, the big earthquake that uh, resulted in the Fukushima meltdown in Japan hit. Um, 
So all of a sudden, you know, we went from here's our new album, check it out, it's about earthquakes and promoting it, to just shutting everything down because it just did not feel right whatsoever to, to, to talk about this topic. I mean, so many people had died and or were suffering and we had the nuclear meltdown at the time happening. And uh, and Alana and I were just like, what do we do? Like, release it. You know, it's we released it. It was a week or two after we released it. Oh, okay, that okay, okay. This happened, right? So it was out. Um, we just stopped promoting it for a while. Um, we got word of this video uh, that had been put together out of Korea um, from one of the album's songs, uh, "Start Again," um, that was basically a, a supportive video for Japan. Um, and you know, Japan and Korea have a pretty tumultuous history. So to see that and see the outpouring of support and that it was using one of our songs was just like, it was such an amazing moment that would not have happened if it wasn't for Creative Commons. Beautiful to hear because one of the problems I have with the new music industry is that I felt music was for the people and the people before that played music many times played on the street or they played directly to people presenting their music and then suddenly it became all about the money and about artists seems to not like people to listen to their music anymore like Metallica destroying Napster by by going against their own users using their music for free instead of being super happy about that people want to listen to them and actually survive on concerts or survive on donations or another way that makes music valuable as an art form for people. Uh, I find it very beautiful that there are artists like you out there that gives people a possibility to find music outside that industry. But I have a question though, like free music, it's all cool, but how do you practically survive? That's a great question and, and Tommy, you make a really good point too. Um, the music industry has just gone through so much change in the last from being something that you held, you know, a vinyl, record, cassette tape, a CD, an 8-track back in the day, you know, <laughs> um, to now it's just in the air, right? It's all streaming. So, I, you know, at the time with... Um, when I had first gotten going, the fact that my music was on the internet. Are you guys hearing me okay? Yeah, it's uh, the signal is a little bit uh, choppy here and there, but we get the message, yes. Okay, cool. So at the time when I was putting my music out on the internet and assigning Creative Commons licenses, I remember people being like, this is crazy. This is amazing that you're doing this. Anybody can hear your music. And what is this Creative Commons license thing about? And how are you going to make money? And What's been interesting about my solo career is it's 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 uh it's been a lot focused on recording and not on touring. Creating music that stands alone as an art piece. So, you know, how do you make music? How does this work? Well, you know, the, the, the quick answer is I think that touring and selling tickets, you know, actually having an experience be a part of it. Um, uh, selling merch, selling your t-shirts, what have you. You know, I think at this point, the, the music itself is kind of the hook that gets people in. Um, I think the other thing that has always been, uh, I've been very fortunate about on two sides is number one, um, getting some form of royalties when things are getting played in movies or any kind of commercial use, right? Um, and, uh, and I forgot what number two was. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, that's royalties and licensing, right? So one and two. So royalties, 
uh, music being played in restaurants, what have you. And then number two, when music has been used for uh, commercial purposes, right? So if a if a, a, a for-profit movie wants to use it or a, an advertisement wants to use it, well, then there's licensing fees that are attached to that. So I've always felt the future of music really is in licensing, in essence. But we're at a really interesting place here, and I've written a little bit about it on my blog with, with uh, Spotify, right? And, and streaming music now being the norm. And, uh, you know, what I do is no, no longer uh, unique because anybody can put their music up online for free to listen to on Spotify, right? What's a little different about what I do is you can download it, right? And, uh, but, but who's downloading music anymore unless they're like planning to use it for, you know, something they're creating. Um, so I, I felt like in the last couple of years, Creative Commons and this has been a little bit of a crossroads in terms of, you know, how music has evolved and music technology has evolved. Um, and uh, I'm not quite sure uh, where we wind up, um, but I will continue to have my music with Creative Commons because I think it allows for stories like ours here, right? The fact that you found this song, you downloaded it, you put it on your show, and it meant so much to you. And I've had other experiences as well where this, the music just takes on a, a life of its own. And, you know, going back to TikTok, and now my music's on TikTok, and Seeing people lip sync to this thing that was created out of thin air is like the coolest thing ever. You know, it's really amazing. What What do you feel about people taking your material and remaking it? In what way? Resampling, cutting, re remaking it, making it more experimental, more crazy, whatever. Just, Just using twisting it, it. Twisting it. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I have the Creative Commons non-derivative license, so actually that's not possible. Right. What does so, that mean? Uh, meaning that, um, so the license I have is essentially um, you can use it on the birthday show it's fine right but if the birthday show was picked up by a big podcast podcast network and you're going to have ads on the birthday show and there's going to be some kind of financial uh, aspect of it well then it's become commercial use right and so that's in a different category that then needs to be licensed so that's the commercial side attribution anytime you're using the music you need to credit the artist credit the song, credit the album, ideally have some kind of link back so that people see where it came from. And the finally, final one, and to answer your question, is the, the non-derivative essentially says, you can use this work as it is presented, but it cannot be changed, right? But that's like... Except that's for that's, the birthday song. The birthday song is like, anything you want to do with the birthday song, you can do. Well, that one's the only exception. That's, that's, uh, it's because it's on the public domain. But if I want to... No. What? Public domain. He made it as a part of this competition, mm -hmm. but 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 I'm confused again about this because I thought art in itself was all the time about making something new out of what was already there many times. So, for example, I'm really into electronic, was really into electronic music and stuff. I I'm totally anti-copyright. I'm just free downloading shit. I I'm sorry if I would find a song. I would like to fuck around with, I would do it, who will come, then the big 
copyright monster will come and ass fuck me later or what? You, you, okay, now, I'm, now I'm talking with a, a person from the great North America. That's the people who made a lot of these copyright rules. We, oh shit. Are we fucked now, Leona? So, what if we get popular? So, well, then, then he will he will suck us for money. No, the birthday show is possible to reuse uh, and you use don't you believe him? You think he or he's just like putting like free stuff out there for later? No, suck on the people that sadly no. want to express themselves with that. But I have a question. Uh, if I did make a commercial product and I would like to have one of your songs on it, how expensive would it be? So that's a great question. Um, essentially, it comes down to what's the budget, right? So if you're a filmmaker, you're just trying to get your film into a smaller festival, you know, that's that's one one amount. But if you're, you know, producing a film that is going to have international distribution and a large audience, well, that's another amount, right? Um, so really, it just depends on on um, what the project is. All about. What if we are a super small project and we, uh, we use it and then we get really popular and we never expected that? What happens then? If we're like a small project and we're just like, oh, we just want to have fun and then bang, we're super popular. I thought I was just going to plug my new album and talk about how much Donald Trump sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, well, that's we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I, I'm, I'm just confused because I don't, I don't give a shit about laws really in the end. If I don't believe in them, but so if, I, if I would like to smoke a joint, I will smoke a joint. If I would like to rip off music, I will rip off music. And if people rip off of from fuckforforest.org, for example, what can the fuck can I do about it? I'd like an artist to be an artist is difficult. I know it's difficult to survive, but in the end, I can go out on the street and beg for money. So it's like, I would rather be an artist that keep myself outside that system of who owns whatever and just be happy when people listen or express or even use stuff that I made. But I do understand like, okay, I'm a revolutionary. I have my ideas. I have my political agenda and I don't want the opposite to use my stuff for making their propaganda, no, for so example. For example, if Coca-Cola used a naked photo of you to promote Coca-Cola, you would get pissed. I would probably get pissed. I would be like, oh, fuck you, Coca-Cola, no? Yeah. That's my question. That was my next question. Have you ever turned anybody down from using your music? That's a great question, actually. As a, a clever segue to talking about my new album. Um, <laughs> so, like I mentioned, my, my stuff is on TikTok. And uh, the last song on the album is called A New American Revolution. Protests are all over town. Statues are coming down. A new American revolution. We're taking a second look at what's in our history books. A new American revolution. A call for We need a brand new constitution for this American revolution And we hope that change will finally come People are questioning, questioning everything A new American revolution We will determine the fate of these events 
listen thank you <laughs> yeah for sure um, listen we have the song you're, is, you're, you know, a, you're actually a star for us you made uh, you made our intro you made our show actually we were thinking about how to present ourselves and you helped us to find that expression we were looking for and we did use the whole day today to listen through most of your albums <laughs> you should uh, go consult a doctor immediately and make sure you're okay after that experience <laughs> yeah. no it's a uh, very i just want to say that uh, monk monk turner makes uh, a, an a, a extraordinary diversity of different styles in an excellent excellent producer and makes uh, everything from jazz to experimental to rock to to more punky stuff uh, it's a great mix your new album is actually one of the more consistent albums you made i think because it's following some kind of like wow. uh, it's I love following it when people a, do their homework <laughs> well, well, you're an artist. We want to give you the credit you deserve. Thank you. That means a whole, whole lot to me. And thank you for listening. And I don't know if you heard my joke earlier, but you may want to check in with a doctor and make sure everything's okay after spending a whole day listening to the music. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I want to answer the question earlier. So, so here's the challenge that I, I haven't figured out. So. The last song on the album, New American Revolution, is very obviously, in my mind, about the place, uh, and it's a very America-centric album, you know, America-centric album, I will admit, um, but it's about statues coming down, revisiting our history, revisiting the history that we tell, you know, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, it being about folks like me who are white all the time, right? Um, which is really a moment that uh, uh, this country is looking at right now. Um, and I found the video was you, the song, excuse me, was used for a video about election fraud, you know? Really? And, um, and it's, it's this hard place for me to sit where it's like, oh, oh, my friend, you are so mistaken if you really think that's what I'm seeing about. I mean, it's funny, I don't know if you picked up on it in, in Mexico, but there was another thing that was happening against, with Rage Against the Machine and Trump supporters um, getting down with Rage Against the Machine, and it's like, what machine do you think they're raging against? The washing machine? Like, <laughs> they're raging against what Donald Trump stands for. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a hard thing. So, I mean, I try to, I try to be pretty granting, but I don't, ultimately, kind of going back to your point, Tommy, like, I don't really have that control, right? Like, I, I'm, if, if I see my music being used for a car ad, I follow up on that, right? If you were to chop up one of my songs, I probably wouldn't care. Where, it's, where it gets a little dicey for me is when I have a collaborator and we agree we're creating something together and the creation is what we're gonna put out there. Um, and that's what we've agreed to. Like I try to honor that agreement with them. With stuff that I write on my own, I don't. 
Yeah, I'm with you. That's basically <laughs> what I'm thinking about. Also, if Coca-Cola would use my photo, maybe I wouldn't give so much shit about it. And maybe I would make contra things against it for sure. But if it was a friend of mine that was part of Aquaforest and they used them, then I would be more. Yeah, to be yeah. responsible for other people is many times also more difficult for me, actually. Very, I have a good uh, doses of don't give a fuck uh, many times, but I still see like uh, I was watching the Alex Jones show and I saw they used uh, Beastie Boys in one like uh, scene where the Antifa got beaten up by the police. It was so f it's so funny, but uh, I was thinking like where did he get that Beastie Boys song from? I thought kind of like the Beastie Boys were kind of leftist people, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they love. Maybe they love Alex Jones show or he got or he paid a lot of money for it. I have no idea. If you end up as like a propaganda video for Trump, because I hear, for example, you have uh, you have some songs on your new album, for example, Not a, Not a King, that uh, seems to be like kind of like a song about Trump, no? You think so? I just I just thought so, but it can be general in the leaders are assholes everywhere, but like a bankrupt casino you are not a king you're not a leader you're drunk with power doing devious things come down from your high tower you are not a king we are not your disciples about your problems you're facing in America right now with uh, Divided States, the album it's called, and I guess it's the d Divided States of 
the United States of America, and at the same time, divided states of that, like, we are not connected to each other, not on the continent, or not inside the country either. It's the mental state of the being divided in the mental state also, as so you're playing with words or something. American right now and being like shamed by the whole rest of the world almost at this like the westernized world that you westernized not you but your, your culture and then now that culture is like okay what's happening in this like land of freedom so it seems to be pretty chaotic and people are waiting for like some you call it revolution it might be civil war how do you feel about that now well, look, I'm calling myself an American. Meanwhile, I'm talking to two people who also live in North America, right? That's how self-centered we are. <laughs> we forget about Canada and Mexico. And why are we the only ones that call ourselves Americans? Anyway, um, I want to answer that question. I want to jump back to uh, something earlier about the, the, the copyright piece. And I think, uh, may he rest in peace, Prince, 
is an extreme example of someone who was really extreme with copyright. They, there was a case Lawrence Lessig had from who was affiliated with Creative Commons had mentioned where he sued somebody who used a print song um, for his kid's birthday party in a video, right? <laughs> That's super extreme, yeah. right? And so, you know, I think I think there's varying levels, right, when it comes to all of this stuff. And I think, um, you know, if it's the Academy Awards, well, they're going to need to do their homework and really make sure they clear everything, and they will. It is um, a little bit connected to the same as in the end, as the free downloading, like Napster and Metallica, Metallica going to court against their own users, uh, stealing their music. It's the same, uh, like stealing is stealing, no? So it's like, okay, you steal the music or another person, what do you do with the theft? How do you use the music later? It's a kind of a gray area when it comes to creativity. Absolutely. And ultimately, like uh, us white artists are stealing from black artists. I mean, rock and roll is black music, right? Exactly. <laughs> it comes down to it. So who's really doing this dealing? Um, yeah, and most yeah. Disney movies is based on old fairy tales that was made long time ago and been retold again and again. And they're one of the biggest copyright companies in the world. Perfect example. Perfect example. Um, I also want to pick up on the Alex Jones thing. I uh, There's a, a video I recently put up on YouTube. Uh, a big part of the sound of this album was inspired by um, uh, my high school rock band. Um, and the three of us have kept up after all these years. And a funny thing I get into in the video is um, we had an encounter with Alex Jones in person before he was famous. Wow. And yeah, and we were, uh, gosh, we, I think we were like 16 or 17 at the time. And we had just finished performing on TV and we're like loading up the van and he just went nuts on us. <laughs> and I and my friends were my previous bandmates were kind of talking about I guess I said something to piss him off. And I don't remember any of that part. I remember him going crazy and like saying some crazy stuff. But anyway, yes, we had an early encounter with Alex Jones. So you actually saw him uh, as a personality back then? Because I'm always, yeah, the divided states, right? We live in a, in a world of misinformation. And yeah, well, I, I'm afraid of even saying fake news because it's been used so much by your beautiful president. So it's like, but it still is the time of misinformation. Uh, people believe actually uh, spreading rumors on the internet that is a little bit more, uh, like extreme than reality has a tendency to spread much faster than reality. So if you make up shit, it's faster to spread this as truth than it's to spread truth. And that's what internet and uh, information did to us. I, I'm confused when I see Alice Jones, when you say that you actually met him crazy when he was young, then I'm like, oh, maybe actually it's, I'm like, my mind is, is he a crazy guy or is he a performance artist? Some people say they think he was Bill Hicks and <laughs> there was this conspiracy about him being big Bill Hicks. Because like, if you're a misanthropic performance artist of this time and you just want to fuck with people's head, uh, internet is perfect for that move. Sure, sure. Well, I think Alex is all about the money. I'll say it that way. I think that's really when you look at how he's uh, uh, gotten successful. Um, sure, he has a lot of wacky followers, but he's selling all kinds of weird, like, drinks you can have to protect you from the black helicopter. It's the same like music people. They also sell their merchandise and shit and to high concert tickets to shitty places and just like whatever extra now on my fans page whatever. They will like sell like hair from their penis for some thousands of dollars or whatever. It's not like 
rock artists are not commercial either. Like, everyone needs to survive. I guess he just got too popular and then he got too rich on that. If he was not so popular, he wouldn't be able to sell his shitty products. It's just like the same products as any other kind of like new age kind of shop would have. And and this is a perfect segue to promote track 10 on Divided States, Con Man Conspiracies. The Con Man Conspiracy is about confusion of that people actually don't know what the fuck they're protesting about anymore even. It's like they're fighting for shit they want to give, but that's humans, they want to give their life for stuff they don't even know what well, is. Well, it's also thank you for freedom of, of expression in America, though. Yeah, America is somehow like the... We can say a lot about other countries that is doing totalitarianism in a way, but America found another way of doing it by making people believe they have freedom, like using this, you are free, you are free, like Bush using freedom as a reason to invade the country and drop bomb on them, using that word, this word game, like in America now, it seems like a lot of people that is land of the free are very conservative Christian fundamentalists that actually want to control everything from abortion to anything that has to do with your free use of your body. That means sex, drugs, rock and roll. There's a
Well, one of the reasons why we hear about it is because they are allowed to stand on the street and hold a sign and scream about it. Yeah, exactly. So you made a song about it. Most of these songs have something to do with what's happening in America right now. You also have sort of a sad kind of like apocalyptic song called Little Girl, Little Girl. It's very sweet. Yeah, very sweet song. But I think also it's said that you have your son or something singing together with you on that one. My daughter, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's our singing. And, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, um, it's a daughter. If you thought that was apocalyptic, you should have, you should have heard the uh, you should have heard the demo, which was way more of a downer. Um, you know, for me, uh, there's a lot of issues I care a lot about. Uh, but number one in the list is climate change, and about what the future is going to be like for her with the changing climate. And um, you know, I, I think I'm going to be okay. You guys are probably going to be okay. We'll we'll no, check no, out no, no, more no, things. No. Too bad. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, uh, you, you should check out the new David Attenborough movie. Uh, he gives us about hundred years if we change now. And if you see the state of humanity, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, at least you're trying to be positive, man. But it's like it, 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 it tells a lot about what's happening right now. And you should check out. It's an ecological organization we found online that is touching that subject. It's called Buy Greenland Before Trump. We found on the, it's yeah, on Twitter because Trump wanted to buy Greenland, and now and this organization thinks that Greenland is some kind of safety space when the whole world will collapse. That's why Green Trump wanted to buy Greenland, and this ecological organization trying to collect money to save the penguins and polar bears of Greenland. If the ice disappears where the penguins are, they can at least go to Greenland. Oh yeah, I also want to say like, yeah, it's very easy for Attenberg to be positive and say like, yeah, we can change when he's going to be dead before all this happens. Yeah, he's like 96 or something. He's like, he seems like, yeah, I just want to tell you this. It's like, yeah, you know, you, you're dead when all this shit happens, but like, thank you for the information. It's basically a documentary that should be shown on schools right now. It's mostly information we know already since we work with ecology for 15 years. So I don't know, I won't, don't want to call it a front of our time to see the signs of climate change and see the signs of what humans have done. Many times in America also comes from this, this climate change deniers. That is pretty fucked up shit because it's not only about climate change, it's just about the attitude and respect humanity have towards the planet and their fellow creatures like animals and if you see that then it's like oh yeah this must go together with something bigger okay if not climate change happens it's still not okay to just oh no climate change is not happening so we can still be evil to everything around us <laughs> it's like kind of a weird justification to like okay it doesn't matter if climate change is not happening but i'm from norway i live in norway i see the fucking news from close to polar areas most of the time I don't know if we get lied to, I don't know if it's a conspiracy, but they claim the ice is melting. I've seen fucking photos and it's melting fast, faster than, and faster. And it's kind of a spiral effect. Yeah, so how do you feel having a child now living in a revolutionary time of America? And you know, you'd say you feel that conscious about this change. Yeah, well, look, first off, she's, she's four right now, so I feel very fortunate that she was too young to understand what was happening with the whole Donald Trump thing. I mean, the, the night that he was elected, I, I cried in front of her, and she knew I was upset, but she didn't know what was going on. And then now with the whole uh, election of Joe Biden at the time we're recording this, um, she does know who he is, and we talk about him. And so, 
at least, you know, as she starts to pick up on, you know, news and such, um, the, the person that will be president will at least be able to say coherent sentences. <clears throat> but I think I wrote those words for a little girl. I don't know exactly remember when, but um, I had watched um, another movie uh, about uh, the planet called uh, Planet of the Humans. I'm not sure if you've seen that. Yeah, one. I've seen it. It's uh, financed by uh, Michael Moore. It's also a very good yeah. movie about uh, the fakeness of the green movement. Yeah, so if any of your listeners want to really just... If you want to take all your hope away, <laughs> it's an extra. That's pretty much what it did for me. <laughs> I was, I think I was like depressed for a week. And I was like, because you know, we think about like all these green technologies and it sounds so good. And even, you know, look, uh, you know, I voted for Joe Biden. I support him. I've made phone calls for him. I did everything I could to, but... But he's still going to be part of the same machine that's destroying this planet. I mean, the, the the work that can be done is probably incremental. It's going to take something major, really, to turn this planet around. So, yeah, it's hard. It weighs on me. That's why I wrote that song. Um, and it's... it's um, Little girl, little girl, this world is so divided. People are always fighting, little girl.
No, it's not very optimistic, no. But it's like the that's the truth. You are making folk music, man. When you tell the truth and you tell about what's happening in the time to the people, that's uh, folk music. Uh, your way of uh, coloring the situation, the how you feel being in uh, being in your state uh, or your yeah your uh, divided state of ideas about what's happening around you, no. And it's kind of telling a story. This album, so you have like uh, a house divided, for example. That is the telling about the, how divided we are, how, how we should have actually got together and deal with like, for example, climate change, how we could have used, for example, now this ecological catastrophe we are facing to forget about religion, forget about genders, forget about politics and just do things together that make sense, like planting trees, rewilding the planet, protect the last drinking water, make the air uh, breathable, like focus on things that we all need as humanity. So actually the ecological uh, catastrophe right now is perfect possibility for hum humanity to come together. If we just stop caring so fucking much about politics or religion sometimes feels like it's the same. What did you call it again? What uh, Sweden is again? Neutral. Neutral, yeah. Sweden was neutral in war. So I will say that to the American people now, instead of being political, be neutral. Instead of wearing oh. any t-shirt saying any slogan that will upset someone, just print neutral on your t-shirt and maybe under for nature. So it's I don't know how it is now, but at the time I was in Sweden, it was not a patriarchal society. All of the government offices were pretty much held by women, which I think also makes the world a lot better place. <laughs> uh, okay, that's, that's uh, yeah, it's good with a balance. It's good with more women, but if it was only women, I think also men have a possibility to do good things. Not like we should be proud about good women and we should be proud about good men. And I think the cooperation, like the unity between those like the, 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 we are actually the same. Man and woman is part of the same. It's called duality. It's existing in nature and everything in duality is a measurement scale of the same subject. So like learning, you know, trying to find uh, the power of women or the power of men sometimes like makes more disconnection. I think many times instead of searching for what's truly human in both of us. Like, or harmony between them both. Yeah, harmony or some kind of unity, you know, and uh, the sexual fight had a really important uh, uh, role in the 60s and 70s with, uh, with the women liberation and stuff. But now I feel many times that also have become a very political agenda about who's better than the others, man, woman, black, white. A good person is a good person. It's more about humanism, I thought. So I was, we were listening to your music the whole day, as I told you, and uh, there's a lot of different genres of music, no? Do, is there any genre that you feel that you haven't really tried out? That's a great question. I just want to go back to my previous statement. What I was referring to is the, the balance of power tends to always be very male, right? And I think Sweden, again, I had uh, when I was there, it seemed like there was a better balance of, you know, at least something close to 50-50 um, versus what so many governments and, and have, which is a male-dominated. Point out that Sweden is the most non-religious, artistic country in the world. So it doesn't have to be only the female role that influenced this uh, situation. No? No. There's other aspects as well. 
I'm also in Norway, it's also very mm. balanced between the genders. It was always that since I grew up, that's why I got so confused when I just moved to Germany. But I see also in America, the sexual fight never really happened in Norway because in Norway, you can kind of make jokes. I'm sorry, we, we're, we're stupid Scandinavians. No, I know it's maybe we're our education, but we're very spoiled. Yeah, we somehow just got along somehow and we can make like sex sexist jokes or something with each other. And the other side was like, ah, and just like, okay, no problem. And people were still respected each other. So this political idea about the genders and also when it comes to slavery and other things has something to do with the culture of America that is built on racism and murder and control and occupation. While maybe Norway and Sweden has a longer type of like Viking tradition where they actually respected each other already back then in the times and we just took it with us into the modern world while America is North America or Estados Unidos, the United States of America is somehow like a new baby uh, continent the occupied, uh, stole the land away from native people not so long time ago and then pretend to have a culture that is kind of like stolen from most other cultures in the world, claiming it's theirs. A little bit like the Borgs in the Star Trek that is like accumulating energy from other races and just like making it theirs. Yeah, this is ours, and it was like destroying the other civilizations after. <laughs> Lee, Lee Erickson came over and said, huh, this is interesting. Let's go back. <laughs> yeah, uh, we just brought some women back with us. That's why, how we could keep like the bloodline intact and shit that are back there. But we were not really interested in occupation. But I think still like there are a lot of people in America that do, you, 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 you seem like a cool guy. You don't, you don't respect your, your female friends around you. You don't have a lot of friends that actually treat each other nicely. Because it's like, I can go on the countryside in Germany. I lived in Berlin for a pretty long time and it's pretty open-minded. But if I go somewhere on the countryside, I can find fascists very easily. America is huge. But it's like you American people have to also know that you have some really great thinkers, really good philosophers, really good musicians, really great artists. You have a lot of really good things to come with also on an individual level. But as a cultural nation, I think maybe Americans should like look more at other cultures and have interest a little bit more in other movies from other places, music from other places, stuff like that. Because we know about you guys, no? Like everyone knows about America or North Estados Unidos. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and look, America was divided states pretty much from the beginning, right? And alluding to what you said, and you know, we just recently uh, celebrated the biggest farce of uh... Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving of revisionist history. Those are the words I was trying to think of. Of revisionist history, <laughs> Thanksgiving, which is something I've always thought like this is. This doesn't seem right. <laughs> and it's interesting because we're kind of slowly coming to a bit of a reckoning. But yet, you know, like something that's happening right now is there's a land acknowledgement that will often take place in probably just liberal cities mostly, which is uh, nice. But then we still celebrate Thanksgiving like it's like really happened. Like, no, this is awful. Like, why do we not change this holiday? Because um, you're a pardon of Turkey. Yeah, right. And like Trump, I saw part. Trump pardon the Turkey, and it's like I don't know. Just that makes Thanksgiving for me. Like it's it justifies it for that. I laughed right. a lot when I saw. Right. It was funny. 
Right, and I mean, the, the ironic thing is the food that we eat during Thanksgiving isn't the food that the, the original, you know, uh, English that came over were eating. It's, it's food from Abraham Lincoln's time. I mean, the whole holiday is just a farce, right? But, you know, everything you're saying, I, I pretty much will nod my head to and say, yep, yep, yep. I've traveled to about 30 countries, very aware of what it's like to, to be an American abroad and, and, uh, and, uh, pay taxes into a system that drops bombs on countries and, you know, wants to be the bully of the world. Um, and then all that said, I still love and care deeply about this country and want it to be better. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, United States want to take this asshole. It seems like you many times want to play also like the alternative people or thinkers in America want to play the fucking victim role now. But we also have assholes. I remember, like Jens Stoltenberg in Norway is the, was the lead. Is the, I don't know if he still is, but he was the leader of NATO. He was the, the previous uh, prime minister of Norway, suddenly being the leader of NATO in a country with five million people. We have some of the biggest oil resources. We have super weapon production, but we have such a beautiful clean country and we can sit there and ass fuck people in other poor countries with destroying their forest or helping America or helping other powerful people it's all about money it's not in the end about borders and countries I think is the assholes are assholes and yeah Absolutely, and there's some really good people here. I do want to get back to Leon's question, though, about uh, music. <laughs> yeah, we have um, music. It's a mu this this program is a music program. We forgot to say, and we will. It's supposed we, to be your most boring guest here. Yeah, but so we, we will. Me... Will we be allowed by you to play two, three songs during this uh, show when we put it out? From you. Yeah, you'll hear from my lawyer afterwards, but it's fine. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Bring it on, yeah. I say. So Leon's question is great. I mean, it's. Uh, the first thing that pops in my head is classical music. It's um, I'm, I, I always look at myself as a, I write pop songs. I mean, I love music, all kinds of music. I mean, there really isn't a genre that I don't like, aside from maybe new country music. I have a really hard time connecting with new country music. But old country music you like, like Hank Williams. Oh yeah. Oh, and there's and there's. I mean, I'm talking. I'm talking about pop country music. There's good country musicians coming out right now too. But the stuff that's on the radio, especially like this weird you know, white guys in cowboy hats being like, culturally appropriating hip-hop music and instead talking about like driving trucks like <laughs> cannot. We haven't got it uh, over to Europe or not at least to Mexico yet. Maybe it's this new style of American country music. We will check it out yeah, and uh, do some reading. Don't. No, don't. No. You, I wouldn't recommend it. Um. <laughs> No, well, maybe we can pimp it up. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the only thing that I would be intimidated by is classical music. Uh, I mean, it really. I, I do have some background in music theory, and you know, have some basic sense of writing for different instruments. But really, to compose classical music, um, I'm hesitant on that. I think too, in the last couple of years, I've thought more about. Um, we I know we're talking a lot about race, but about being a white guy and what kind of songs come out of me. I mean, I love music. I love black music, especially. I love Latin music. And I can write this kind of music, but should I be writing this kind of music is a question that I'm starting to think about a little bit more. Um, You're getting paranoid by this racial uh, fight? You don't feel like a human being anymore? You feel like a white, privileged man? I'm becoming aware. I think it's a certain awareness and thought and uh, responsibility more so. I mean, ultimately, as long as I'm playing rock and roll, it's it's 
But you don't, I, I don't you think it was just like who was able to be most assholes first? So if the white guys was not able to get to the point of being most assholes, because I see it's other assholes also, Latin assholes, black assholes. Again, you're like putting white people, white male as the main. I think it's like victimizing yourself a little bit uh, because there are so many asshole categories. And the question, if you are not allowed to make, like not allowed, but you don't feel like making black music for example but all good music come from black music most they are the people from africa that's where we all come from we all come from africa that's where the rhythm got born the the tribal beat what kind of tribal beat sorry what kind of music would you make then like what is white people's music yeah what is white people's just country for yeah a little bit like that no are we as white people born un like unfunky? I I have I'm white. <laughs> we have to we have to we have to steal. We have to like kind of copy from black people. Well, I don't have any rhythm, so that's a problem for me. It's, it's just I don't know. Maybe you should watch some videos with black people rapping and shit, and that's do if you copy it. You know, that's like children do. That. I think you have it or you don't have it. I don't know because I think he has it naturally. He's a musician. I don't think he needs to copy to feel the groove. It's like okay, okay you will think like oh shit is. This groove to black is this groove to not fitting my white well, privileged man. Well, my theory is it has to do with suffering. So if you're suffering enough, you will make good music. I think so too. I think the slaves was able to produce a suffering as part of always been part of art, and people suffering as slaves or in difficult situations were forced to reach the spirit or the the source of the universe or something with that cry. That music was, the music always was something spiritual, something, something powerful. And in that situation, that was their way of praying. And that's like, if we were put in the same situation, and you can see that with uh, depressed white people also sometimes are able to push out some really beautiful shit, like. Sisters of Mercy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well. Well, Leon, I think what you're you're speaking to is the experience. What is the experience of the person that is singing? And that's what really resonates in your comment. And, um, and, and to your point, Tommy, I, I, I totally see the point, the, what you're saying, right? And I think on the left side, we have a lot of white people where it's just about white guilt all the time. And, um, and I don't think that's really helping anybody. And I think when it comes to music, you know, um, look, I love the Beatles. But, I mean, they basically played, especially at that time, black rock and roll music. But what happened is it created something new. You look at salsa music, it's the same thing, right? You had this this European melody and harmony coming together with African rhythm, creating a whole new thing. And I think about my collaborators, I work with, a, you know, I did an album actually um, uh, a couple of years ago, I don't remember, no concept of time, uh, called um, Kaleidoscope. And I collaborated with 40 people from around the world. It's all about colors. It's all about color. You guys did your homework. I love you so much right now. You're making my, you're just making my day right now. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, you know, look, there's a track on there where it's um, an African-American, an Israeli, and a Palestinian on the same track. You know, what does that create? What, is, what do we create when we come together? So I think my comment is more about what is the experience that I'm singing about? What is the experience that is truly um, uh, 
where I should be writing as a solo artist um, versus like, I'm not going to use 808 drums anymore. I love 808 drums, right? And yeah, I mean, music, I think that's the thing. You know, you look at Sly and the Family Stone, which was a big influence on me. I love that band. And they were an integrated band at the time. It was a huge deal. You had white folks and black folks playing music together. You know, you've got some white folks who are funky as hell. And you have some black folks who are not funky as hell. And you have some black folks who can play Latin music really well. Everybody can play music ultimately, right? But what I'm kind of getting at is what is the experience that you're sharing, right? And so for me, Divided States was, let me think back to what my roots are. And my roots are, I saw The Who's Tommy, the, the musical, and it blew my darn mind. And I went, I want to do that. And I started playing guitar, and then I met these two other guys, and we started playing alternative rock music. And that's where my roots are. So for me, a divided states is about revisiting those roots and just, um, just enjoying the hell out of it. I mean, I was such a big Nirvana fan back in the day. Um, and then recently I found a band uh, called Bracket um, out of Northern California. We're just phenomenal. I, I call them like the Beach Boys of punk rock, wow. and it just really took me back to saying, "Hey, you know what? I think, I think I want to make this music again." And I think an important thing I've often overlooked when talking about this album is I started playing drums, <laughs> and so a lot of my previous music was either I had a drummer or I was programming beats. Whereas with this one, I'm actually playing the drums, which just opens up a, a whole new um, avenue for for music creation. Yeah, but you're still in that drum beats. It's some African rhythms, I'm sure. In the end, anyway, and that, uh, back to that again. And that uh, problems maybe can be the 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 key to bring us together. So, like for example, the Black Lives Matter m movement in America now do bring some black and white people together and sharing ideas about a more free, more open world. And I saw that happened in Norway also when uh, this uh, mass murder uh, that killed uh, over 60 kids on this island he did it because he was angry at this political party letting too much muslims into norway and uh, i was uh, by accident in norway uh, uh, some half a year after this happened and they had like a memory service in the church uh, and i just went in there and there was a memory service for utøya for this uh, happening and this happened like about 15 minutes for, for, from where I grew up. So I had a really close relationship to the whole place. So I went into this church and there it was like uh, Christian people, priests, uh, freaky rappers, uh, uh, Muslim people, uh, everyone like singing, rapping, making alternative music, having really crazy shows. They had like a transsexual Muslim boy having a song. And it was, I was crying because it was such a beautiful thing to see that tragedy making people actually come together for something. And that's why I hope with this tragedy of what we're doing to the planet also that humankind will wake up and see this as the biggest threat. It's bigger than Corona. <laughs> Sorry. It's like if we all yeah. would like focus on yeah. what's happening to our environment, we could together maybe find something to be agreeing on instead of trying to make this, uh, these uh, diversions up in, in hatred towards everything around us while our whole planet is dying. The ecological catastrophe that's happening now and then we actually share something really important. Absolutely, and I think, you know, when, when the whole thing with coronavirus is happening and things were shutting down as, um, as crazy as it was, it also gave me a little bit of hope like, oh, 
this is the response we need for climate change. If we can do this for this terrible virus, maybe we can do this and come together for climate change. What? And maybe we can have this daily attention on climate change. Why do you think people react so much more on... I've been thinking about that, why people... Because the ecological movement, and there are a lot of... Like the movie from Attenborough, for example, should make people just totally freak out, but they don't. So it's like, this coronavirus, is it going on such a personal level? So I'm afraid of me or my closest one dying, and the ecological catastrophe is such a bigger subject so they don't see it's affecting themselves directly so it's, fast. I think it's too it's abstract. A, it's too abstract? It's too abstract for people because they can't have a personal relationship. They can't get afraid of it because it's not, they can't see it, no? Like with the corona, okay, they can't see it either, but they like see it in the news. People are dying. People, humans are dying, not the trees. Or is it because the trees. government says, like, the government says we have to do this now, and the government don't say we have to rewild right now? It's not possible to cut any more natural wild forest. You can maybe continue some parts that is already fucked, but all, all wild forests that exist now needs to stay existing while we rewild nature. Listen, humans. You don't need your government to tell you there is a catastrophe. You can do something yourself. Wow, Leonard, where did you get that from? Did you hear? She's like a holy person, holy Leona. You know, I think to her point, um, it, I, I would add that it's not in our face. It is. We're seeing these crazy storms. We're seeing these fires. I mean, look, I live in California. There's no more fire season. It's fire year all the time. Um, but uh, ultimately, I think it's just coronavirus is right in our face. It's at the time of this recording. It's right now versus climate change. Oh, it's eight years from now. We got to worry about it. We'll worry about it in eight years. right?
Well, let me say something then. Uh, this is really important. Um, uh, not only is it a special moment for me to be on your show, this is the first interview I've ever done where one of the hosts has taken a pee during the interview. I feel so honored right now. Wow, that's a cool. Uh, I'm just doing it for the safety of her because she feels uncomfortable if I just go totally away. I have a certain anxiety to talk to people I don't know personally so good. So, but I feel comfortable with you now and it's easier. Awesome. Legat. As a because I'm soon finished peeing now. <clears throat> How, how was my Swedish there? Was it was that good? Legat. Legat. I was so close. Oh, legat. Yeah. You been in Sweden? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been to Sweden. The reason why you don't uh, sorry, the reason why you don't do concerts because I was going you didn't do a concert in Sweden. Uh, there's a couple of things outside of music I love to do, and one of them is travel and see the world. And so, uh, yeah, I've I've uh, in Scandinavia, it's. Uh, uh, been to uh, Denmark and Sweden. 
Okay, so I just have to ask now first, because you say you don't do so much live performances, is that because you cooperate with so many other musicians, or how many instruments do you actually play? Good question. Uh, how many instruments do I play well, or how many instruments do I play? Um, so, you know, guitar is a, definitely a kind of where I started. I actually started on French horn. I don't think I've ever said that in interviews before. Um, you started on French horn? So I, I started on something like that also. I, I'm, I'm a, like a flute player, but I started on an alt horn that I stole from a music uh, school class in Norway. There's a huge, good, like, metal shit that makes boop. Well, Scandinavia has some of the best music education programs in the world, actually. And you have some of the worst weather in the world, so people actually practice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you did create Max Martin. Yeah, the written... black nettle because of the weather. No, it's just like, and it's suicide or super boring pop. You have like nothing in the middle. It's like super <laughs> boring pop or it's just like super dark, depressive, I want to kill myself shit. You also created my sugar, which is like an amazing, amazing band. Um, I'm talking Scandinavia. I'm lumping all of Scandinavia together. Right oh, yeah, now. Okay, okay, that's good. Yeah, we are pretty similar. We're all like very, very innocent, innocent people, cute. <laughs> um, uh, the question. Oh, so yeah. Uh, so piano, guitar, bass. Uh, actually, I, I do perform. Uh, you know, with other groups, I usually perform as a bass player. Um, and uh, recently just got a lot more into drums. Um, also, actually, the drums, it was a big part of the quarantine. I just, you know, was locked in. I was like, okay, well, I think I'll learn these drums. Um, but performing live, you know, it's always been about what I create is concept albums. And, you know, it's always about what is the big idea. You've got your Sgt. Peppers, which really never could be created again live. And so, you know, when I'm writing a lot of the times, I like to just be able to do whatever I want and not worry about, oh, how am I going to do this live or do that live, but rather think, this just sounds cool. This just makes for a better song. And um, so ultimately, that's been a big part of why I've just continued to um, just record mostly. You know, it looks like you had a question brewing. Yeah, do you make music videos? Sorry, I didn't check this up. To some of the music that you're making, it feels like there's a story, there's a like a picture that it's is concept missing. albums. He made like things like with just like twelve gods from the Olympic, uh, different things. But love album with just like love things. The thing with it's geomet geometrical. I don't know. I remember what's called. It's on where you have on different spots. Is that really recorded on different spots? Coordinates. The album coordinates. Yeah, songs on location. Yeah, wow, man, you guys really did your research. I'm loving this so much. Um, each song is a different location, right? But um, I, I go to different places often to record. The other thing that's uh, beautiful about digital technology is I could send a track over to someone and they record it and they send it back to me. That's actually how I did the Palestinian-Israeli collaboration. Um, uh, I didn't actually. I've, I've been there. I've been to Israel and Israel and Palestine, but um, that particular track was recorded in people's home studios. That's uh, we we've been thinking a little bit about uh, we were talking to the last uh, uh, guest on our show um, from Thousand Faces that is a theatrical porn project it, it makes more like artistic uh, theatrical porn and he wanted to make a musical and we were like hey why don't we cooperate and make a musical about Fuck for Forest together you would be perfect to like help to compose something for Fuck for Forest the musical with uh, with him doing like this kind of artistic porn and stuff we can make something for Broadway or or or, or a movie or something actually like stage oriented 
Is that something there's, you would consider? You you joke, but there you know there's a lot of songs that I have um, that are not on the internet because frankly they're a little embarrassing, and I just kind of took them down at one point. Um, you know, I've, I've uh, this last album was my 27th album. I've written a lot of music, and um, early on I wrote some crazy songs, and some of the songs I wrote were like joke songs that you might hear in a porno. <laughs> so, yeah, but this will not be a joke. Can... This will not be a joke. This will be a serious fuck for forest musical. I'm giving you my porno experience here. <laughs> I'm saying that I have with wah guitar and like, you know, kind of symbols. That we're going to make pornography into fine art. So we have to find like a way to like express it through music and images and dance and fucking... Yeah, all together, the beautiful orgy of music. Indeed. Okay, what's your future now? Uh, do you see any future? You continue doing your music that keeps you alive, that keeps you healthy mentally, and that's your... Uh, how do you see the future of music production for you now? That's a great question. I appreciate you asking it. Um, publicly stated that I'm working on a new album, because, I mean, what else can we do right now, right? Make a podcast! <laughs> Make a pot, exactly. I mean, I'm not going to go do a big concert anytime soon. Again, we're recording this in a really, at least in the United States, the, the coronavirus is surging out of control in December of 2020. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a new album. I have not released what the concept is yet. So, um, uh, but uh, I'm just working on new music, and I really, really look forward to when we are beyond this and I can be with people again. I mean, another part of the reason why this album Divided States is the way it is, is because I can't be with anybody. This is all me. I did everything except for the one part where my daughter sang and, you know, my daughter, so we live together. Um, so, yeah, I, I look forward to being in a place where I can collaborate with people again, but it's quite likely my next album will be similar to this one where I'm, I'm doing everything, or if I do have anybody, it will only be uh, via remote recording. So make an album about loneliness, or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, you can always find some inspiring, uh, like, edge in reality, I guess. But, like, uh, yeah, a lot of people are struggling right now with, uh, with being together with the people they love and to make the project they love and to be able to cooperate with the people that keep them inspired. And it can't be for us it was actually the opposite we got inspired by corona to start our little podcast and we were so tired of doing our fuck for forest thing so we are do doing this ecological project in the mountain here in mexico and you're more than welcome to come here and join us if you need a holiday away from uh, your uh, new started revolution down there in uh, more north even more north america then you are welcome to come to oaxaca and spend some time with us uh, in a very beautiful forest on the top of a mountain top how close are you to puerto escondido we are three hours oh wow i'm a bodyboarder which is like surfing only better uh -huh. um, actually went bodyboarding this morning so uh puerto escondido i don't know if you're aware but it's actually one of the most famous waves in the world yeah it's on the 10 one of the, it's on the 10 list of some of the best surfing places it has one of the longest pipelines of the world and they do pipeline uh, competitions there and stuff um but yeah i've been wanting to go to oaxaca and and especially check out puerto escondido so one of these days uh you might find me uh 
peeing in whatever it is you peed in. Over there. <laughs> Great, you're more than welcome. So it's a big variety, and uh, you should go and check out uh, his music. Um, if you want to use it for something special, maybe write him an email so you don't get ass fucked by his lawyers when he get famous. So, but uh, until uh, then, can you maybe give us some like, what's your final statement to give us some words about hope or or destruction i'm so encouraged luna tommy that um you know the three of us all three of us come from different countries um the two of you live in a different country from where you were born we're talking right now so many thousands of miles away we've never met before this and yet a conversation can just feel so good and we can connect and you know I appreciate what you said too about you know usually feeling a little bit uncomfortable and and feeling comfortable I mean that that to me speaks to humanity and um, I think that's that's where there's hope and I think kind of going back to um, when I've traveled what's what's been amazing is just connecting with people and uh, people who are very different from me live in different places have different experiences and I think our conversation here on this podcast is a perfect example of that, um, that there's just so many ways that we all are seeing eye to eye during this conversation. And, um, and and I think that gives me a lot of hope. That's why I'm so sad to see like uh, this kind of uh, people are got so easy offended uh, when it's uh, talking to each other about not being agreeing on political terms or religion or whatever, and they block each other on Facebook or social media. I don't want to just see the people who say exactly the same. And it's a really beautiful thing right now when you sit in Corona time and are isolated, maybe contact some of those people that you thought you hated and try to find uh, similarities and talk and maybe make a joke with them try to find out that they're actually humans all of us need clean water uh, we need food we need love we need connection we need to feel we are part of something and that makes us all very similar and all this like search for individuality maybe is a search for even more psychosis more depression and we should search for what makes us similar thank you so much we are actually planning on a small trip to your continent and then maybe we can hook up and make another birthday show for something. That sounds great. That sounds so great. And, uh, and, I, and I hope it happens. And I'll just kind of throw a quick plug in that my website is monkturner.com. I'm on all social media. My music's on all your favorite streaming services. It's on uh, Bandcamp as well, YouTube, really pretty much you type in Monk Turner, you're going to get a whole lot of stuff. And uh, I just want to say again, uh, Tommy Leona, I really appreciate you having me on your show. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I've, I will say that you know I've done quite a few interviews, and I don't know that any have ever gotten as deep as this, especially talking about topics that usually would be pretty taboo or... Um, racy to use the right word <laughs> um but we we did it all with such ease and uh, again i just appreciate your time thank you until uh, the world gets even worse or hopefully a little bit better and continue to have a great amazing musical birthday happy birthday happy birthday <laughs> all right so if you go down in the description of our podcast you will find all the links to you... Mount turner and his great projects check it out and you might also listen to it in my next live show on Fuck for Forest. I will try to tune in some alternative music in the background. Wow. You will hear, if you go to fuckforforest.org, you will maybe see Leona doing sexual stuff with Monk Turner in the background. There, Monk Turner. I hope you will not sue me for this. 
I made a small striptease movie to your music. It was your famous song, If You Were a Flower, on the album Monk Turner's Live on KXLU Los Angeles album. And this is how it went. Music starts. Now, I come in, I dance stupidly in front of the camera, showing my ass, shaking my ass to your music, showing my pussy and my tits and taking off my t-shirt. Now tits are free, shaking my tits. Shaking my tits. Shaking my butt. Shaking my butt. And there the shirt goes up and down, showing my pussy. And skirt goes off. And there it's off. And there your song is over. And for you who want to see this fantastic striptease, you can become a member on our Patreon page, support us, and there the video will be. Happy birthday! <laughs> well, not me physically, but the music, yes. Okay, uh, if we come to if we come to America, maybe physically later. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, so yeah, you can always send us some naked photos. Uh, then we're also happy. So until we see you naked, have a great birthday! Thank <laughs> you. Happy birthday! Bye. Yeah. That was very cute. We got our great composer of the birthday song uh, to come and talk to us, Leona. Yeah, it was great. But I do think he's a little bit paranoid about about stealing the music from from the Africans, from from black people, or from the, the slave music, the blues. Uh, the, it seems like when we were thinking about it, we were thinking about it a little bit, no? Yeah, after we had this conversation, we were reflecting a little bit back about what we were talking about. And it's not like, maybe just like the black music got more popularized. I guess it's because like America was part of making the music industry, making music popular. And since the violent stealing people from Africa, making them slaves, forcing them into misery, that made them discover the blues and later get into the popular culture of America that popularized it or made it popular for the whole world to listen to, made us believe that Africa, well, they do have groovy rhythms, but there are other music in the world, no? There is a lot of other music in the world. I mean, there was a lot of music before the black slaves. There was music everywhere on this planet. Yeah, you know, like people always made music. Yeah, crazy Asian. And you have like... And Mongolian throat singing. Throat over you. What if that got popularized into they, the popular music? They tried. I heard some bands from Mongolia and they're trying to make some more popular, easy listening throat singing. And it's cool. And there's so many other type of tribal musics from the middle of the Amazon. <laughs> With things on top of it. It's very difficult to just make the music now like as one man orchestra without having the type of instruments because they also have different instruments 
like uh, what the guitar for example has been uh, kind of introduced to many different tribes in the world for example in Peru where the guitar was made into the charango because the native people in that time they were living there was not allowed to carry a guitar because it was considered some kind of like a sacred thing sacred instrument for the the Spanish people that invaded Peru and uh, the Peruvian people made the charango that is a small version of the guitar uh, to be able to hide it under their poncho. So that was the, the, the development of that instrument. So all over the world, because of suppression and control, we actually developed new styles of music and instruments. Yeah, it's amazing. What I want to say also about uh, rock and roll, that is like you say it's black music, but It was not only because of the music, it also represented sex. It was like sexualized, it was revolution, it was... Liberation of slavery. Li liberation. It was revolutionary music. It was something against established. It was like for change, touching the heart of a lot of people. It was not only the music it itself. It was like the energy behind the music. The I mean, the throat singing didn't really get that energy on most people well though. we don't know because it didn't get popularized in the same way as uh, as the african music got through america so we don't know what it would have happened the same if the same kind of revolution we don't know the kind of social stigmas and problems connected to mm. throat shift singing and where it's coming maybe it's coming from a really suffering soul but for other type of suffering getting eaten by wolves in the middle of nowhere I snowstorm think, i think there is some asian music that was also representing liberation and revolution that also got very popular but because we don't speak the language it didn't get popular in our part of the world wow well so much music that is out there to discover the rock and roll is cool rock and roll is great but i think yeah it's true it's music is a lot about psychology it's a lot about what it represents and i think rock and roll got to represent freedom and liberation and uh, like uh, breaking loose from the old structures that had been making the slaves and keeping the slaves in slavery and it started with the black people and it spread it out and to take one style from one part of the planet and make it yours i don't think it's stealing i think it's being inspired yeah ins get inspired and inspire others Yeah, and but we do have some kind of cultural relationship to music. Well, what I grew up with, I, I think my mother played a lot of like child music, and also I listened to a lot of like old style rock and roll when I was a kid. So I think if my mother would have played just Mongolian trot singing to me, I think my musical preference and kind of cultural relationship to what I think is my music would also be different. Well, my parents or my father especially listened to classical music. That's what I grew up with. And I rejected it for a long time. But now I find classical music pretty good. I think it's a gene that we have, like, since we, uh, since I have, like, a North European kind of ethnic, I have kind of, like, a North European music uh, gene in me. That I do like some Viking throat singing and Viking kind of shamanistic drumming with the stuff on top. So it's not what I usually listen to, though. I'm not so much into Viking rock and things like this, though. But everyone has their preferences. That's what music is a lot about psychology, and, uh, and we are very, very happy to be psychologically challenged and uh, and inspired. Uh, and uh, go back to every uh, birthday show with Bipolar Circle and listen with joy to the birthday song. That is the intro from uh, Monk Turner. Again and again and again and again. Until we all 
Yes, scream happy birthday. Yes, they all scream happy birthday. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>